So uh, we're going to start in now on our message. And so last week, uh, Brittany did a fantastic job of outlining and starting our series, The Secret Place, um, on the topic of prayer. And so really what we're trying to do with this series called The Secret Place is we're trying to combat the lie. And one of the lies that we can have in our lives is this, that God always, note the word always there, moves in quick moments. Now, I'm not saying that we shouldn't believe in breakthrough, and I'm also not saying that we shouldn't believe that there are times in our lives, in our walk with the Lord, where God just meets us, and it's so clear that God is evident in this moment right now with me. I'm not saying that we shouldn't believe in those moments, but what I am trying to say is that the most transformative work that God is going to do in your life will be over the long run as we commit our lives to Him daily. It's not just enough to rely on these moments that we can have with him, but rather say, God, I'm with you for my entire life, and I'm going to be with you every single day. Breakthrough is very real, and moments are very real. One of the biggest moments we all have in our walk with God is our salvation. That, that really is a moment. So moments are real, and we can believe in moments, but what we're trying to say in this series is that we need to have habits in our lives that put us into the environment of the Spirit where God can come and meet us, and that needs to happen habitually, day after day after day. We need to be walking with the Lord, and the Bible is filled with these examples. The Bible itself is spread out over a long period of time, chock full of stories of God meeting his people over the long run, and not only in moments. We remain faithful in the everyday ordinary as we pray and know and believe that God is going to do the extraordinary. We remain faithful in the ordinary and we pray for the extraordinary. We allow habits in our lives to form us around God, and we allow these habits for God to meet us and shape us and turn us into the people who he has called us to be. And so today we're going to talk about that um, application when it comes to Scripture and God's Word. And, you know, we live in a world that can feel so like it evolves every day, and like each day there's just something new to deal with, and there's new struggles, and there's new realities. And there's new ways, there's new styles, there's new technology, there's new people, new people come into our lives. And so the world will change, but one of the things that we want to be very, very serious at the Ascent and at Riverwood and the church in the world in general is that we need to say and have and stand with conviction and say that there would be some things that cannot change in the midst of a changing world. And one of those things is we want to remain serious about the Word of God in our lives. We want to remain serious about the Bible, that no matter what is happening in the world, we can have a foundation to always go back to it as our light, our guide, and one of the biggest things that we can use in our faith to shape our lives with. And so we're going to talk away with three things. We're going to talk about what is the Bible, uh, how can we use it, and why can we be excited about it, or why is it so awesome. But before we do that, let's just pray first. God, you're with us. God, you're with us every day, and in every single moment, Lord, you're here, and you meet us in our lives, no matter where we are, Lord. Lord, we know it's okay to not be okay, but you love us too much to let us stay there. You call us forward, Lord, and we just pray that tonight that you would meet us in, these, in this space, Lord, and keep us fixed on always chasing you. In your name, amen. So earlier we turned. I didn't even turn. Um, <laughs> So we're going to move to 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16. It's important to know the context of 2 Timothy. Uh, the author is Paul, and he's writing to Timothy. So it's not being written by Timothy. It's a letter to Timothy. And Paul is uh, speaking to Timothy in a really challenging time in Timothy's life and ministry. And he's saying, look, be bold and, be, and go send 
out the gospel to the nations. You can be strong in that. And it's also interesting to note that this book, uh, 2 Timothy, was written by Paul only historically in the best timelines we have, only a few years before he was actually martyred and killed for his faith. And so you can't imagine that the context that he is in is in the best spot. Like the dude's not just like looking back and just being like, man, my life is awesome right now. And he has no idea that in a year he's going to be martyred and killed for his faith. And yet in the midst of that, in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 16, I have NLT here, but I want to read it in ESV. It says this, all scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. Now, what I really want us to focus on here is, is this start, breathed out by God. Now, we should never underestimate the weight that those words have, that it's been breathed out by God, that all scripture in the Bible is from our heavenly Father, and it is inspired by him and, and breathed out by him. God is king. He is the creator and the Lord of our lives. And so when he says this, that it's breathed out by God, that is our cue to come into submission under that word. Now, I know it's really hard. I know it's hard for us to, to, to submit to something else in our lives, especially uh, in the culture that we live in today. It can be really difficult to submit to something, especially something that's spiritual and that you can't, that's not super tangible. It's not another person, but it's, a, it's an intangible thing. It's, it's a Lord. It's a creator that is, that is in our hearts, but not but not standing here on this stage that I can physically touch. Like, it's hard for us to wrap our minds around that, but you have to know that God is our king. He's the creator of the universe. And so what he says is, because I am God, and because I know the design of which I have set forth for this world for you to prosper and to flourish, listen to what I have to say for you. It's not to confine you, and it's not to push you down. It's to bring you into life. And he says, use my word to live your lives and, and in Proverbs, he says, test yourself against the word of God, that we should be testing our motives, our actions, uh, our feelings, our plans against the word of God, because foundationally, we cannot only trust ourselves. Like, like truth is not just found within ourselves. Like, we cannot say that the utmost and ultimate truth is found within us, and this is a big thing in culture these days, but the Bible would actually come up against that and say, you can't find truth in yourself. Truth is fixed. It's outside of yourself, and it's actually found in the Word of God. And so test your actions, test your motives, and test your plans and your heart's desires against the Word of God for you to shape and for you to direct your life. You know, there's an old story uh, that I really absolutely love, and it's about, it's about a ship at sea, and it's a dark night, and it's foggy. And uh, the captain and the signalman are up in the bridge, the control room of the ship, and they see a light, another light out in the darkness. And so the captain says, hey, we better, we better radio this other ship and say, you've got to move. And so the captain, the story goes like this. The captain then called to the signalman, signal that ship. We're on a collision course. Advise you change course 20 degrees, talking to the other ship. We advise that you should change course. Back came the signal from the other ship advisable for you to change course 20 degrees. The captain said, send this. I'm a captain. I'm in charge of my ship, and you better change course 20 degrees. And the other signal came back and says, I'm a co-captain, and you better change course 20 degrees. By that time, the captain was furious, absolutely enraged by him, by someone else trying to defy his will, and he spat out and said, send this. I'm a battleship. You better change course 20 degrees or else. And then... 
the signal came back one more time and said, I'm a lighthouse. You should change course 20 degrees. <laughs> and so sometimes, sometimes I really think life can feel that way. It can feel, it can, oftentimes when I reflect on my life, what I'm trying to say is I can see situations that have passed and that have come and gone where I've been so dead set on what I wanted to do and I'm nothing but a ship moving towards the shore. And I'm going to hit my destruction and God's calling out to me and saying, look, there's a way for you to live and it's not what you're doing now and you can avoid the catastrophe of hitting the shoreline if you follow my word. And sometimes we come up in such strong opposition to that because in faith, there's so many times when we just say, God, you can have my life, you can have all of me, but, but not this. Don't, don't touch this. This is reserved for me. My money is reserved for me. My, my career path is reserved for me. Um, my, my partner or my spouse is reserved for me. You can't, you can't have any say over that. That's not the way to live our life because in my life, all I have is tons of objective evidence that says I'm in control of nothing. So where I really think we need to be is in a place in a heart and mindset where we just say we can't, the Lord can, and so we should probably let him. We just come under the word, not as a checklist in our faith, but as a willing saying, Lord, come and speak to me and come and shape my life. And when things go wrong, you don't want to be, you don't want to have your heart trained to say, I've got this. Because you, you don't, I don't, none of us have it. None of us have control of things going on. We don't have control of nothing. Like, happiness can be taken from you in a second. You can be having the greatest day, and then someone comes along and just says something a little bit off base to you, and your happiness is, can just be robbed. So we can't, we can't rely on ourselves. We're not in control. And so when things go wrong, I'm going to let myself down a lot if my mind is trained to say, I've got this. And what the Bible does is it says, no, 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 come and live your life in such a way that you're saying, I don't got this. But I don't have to worry because God's got me. And so that is the call of the Bible. And it's not a checklist for our lives. It's saying God is with us all the time. There's 66 books in the Bible and they all say one thing, no matter what book you're in, no matter what you're reading, they're all saying the same thing, God with us. That God wants a reconciled relationship with us, that he's calling us into the path that he has set. That we're not to do life alone. We're not to do life only by our own authority but that we're actually supposed to obey his rules and obey what he has said. This is the way I want you to live. This is the way I've called you to be in community and to love people unconditionally. And when we take the Bible as a checklist for our lives and say, I cannot follow this because it's nothing but a bunch of thou shalt and thou shalt not, we rob ourselves of the beautiful gift of God's word. It's not even a book. That is totally the wrong word to say. It's the very heart of God. What we have before us in the words that God has breathed out into us is a gift of disclosure from the very heart of the creator of the universe, of openness and opportunity to press in and say, Lord, teach me everything I need to, I need to know about you. Teach me everything and inspire my soul. Teach me to say when I'm in the time of trouble, Lord, help me and not I've got this. So how can we use it? And I would turn us to John 15. And in John 15, we'll read this. We have it in ESV. I'm going to read it in NLT. Sorry for switching so much. I am the true... Sorry. Remain in me, and I will remain in you. For a branch cannot produce fruit 
if it is severed from the vine, and you cannot be fruitful unless you remain in me. Yes, this is the Lord speaking. I am the vine, and you are the branches. Those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit, for apart from me you can do nothing. So in here, the word is remain. In uh, ESV, it's abide. And so my point is we need to abide in the Lord. And I wanted to read it in NLT too because this is a direct translation. So abide, the word abide can also be understood as remain, that we were to remain in God. And this goes back to that we're not just supposed to rely on moments. God does not interject in our lives all the time in just little flashes here and there along our life. No, it is a constant ebb and flow as the Spirit is always with us. It never leaves. We remain in the Spirit because it is always there. And so we don't just rely on, on, on coming to church and having good conversations with friends. Those things are all good. I'm not saying that any of that stuff is bad. You should absolutely be doing that. But if you don't have some rhythms in your life and some habits in your life, like Brittany talked about last week in prayer and like I'm talking about this week in Scripture, where you're creating environments for God to meet you, you cannot merely rely on moments of God. You have to be with him. We remain in God. The fruit of our lives comes from hearts, comes from our hearts and character that has been shaped and molded by God. And so when we step into these moments, we say, Lord, shape me. And it's not always about, it's not always about the moments when other people can see us. But what it actually presents to you all is that God meets us so powerfully in the moments where only he can see us. And we can be shaped in the moments when it's just us, when we're in the morning before we leave for work or for school, and we're spending time in his word, at night in your rooms, when we're praying before bed, when no one else can see us and it's just me and God. This is a powerful opportunity for the Lord to just and be there. And God's spirit is always present and we simply have to remain. Our heart will begin to be formed in ways that you cannot even understand. And now, in Matthew, by the way, if you want to, uh, if you want to start reading the Bible and you're new here to the Word of God, start in Matthew. Matthew is fantastic. You will read through Matthew, and you could probably get through it in not too long, and you'll read through Matthew, and when you come out of that, your heart will be just full of so much hope and so much love and so much grace and also so much self-sacrifice. So if you're new to the Bible, I'd encourage you to start in Matthew. It's in the New Testament, about 70% of the way through. Um, so, in Matthew 6... Um, it talks about anxiousness. And I happened to be reading this verse uh, about anxiousness the other morning, and it says, consider the birds of the air. Are they not cared for? Do they not have food? And it says, consider the lilies of the grass. In the morning, they're beautiful, and in the afternoon, they're thrown in the fire, and I still take care of them. And so why are you anxious about clothes? And why are you anxious about money? That's the point of the scripture, that God takes care of all of the world and all of the nature, and so we can trust him. And I was reading that verse earlier this, this week in the morning. And then in the, I went to work and I went to school and I came home. And on my way home, I stopped and get groceries. I'm really into barbecuing right now. So I got, stopped at Sobeys, picked up some chicken wings, and I wasn't ready to barbecue them that night. And so I go into my house and I go into the freezer and there's no room in the freezer for these chicken wings that are going to go bad if I don't freeze them. So I was like, oh, come on. And so I go downstairs. We have a little deep freeze in my basement. I go downstairs and I open up the deep freeze and it's full. And so I have nowhere to put these beautiful, succulent chicken wings that I'm just ready to barbecue. And I actually got frustrated in the moment. And in that moment, the verse came back to me that I read that morning and said, 
are you doing? You're, you're frustrating. You're frustrated because you have no room to put food that you have provision to buy because you already have stockpiles of it at your home. That's what I was getting frustrated about. And in the moment, what hit me was the scripture and I just, it was just on my heart. And it was just ready to meet me in those moments where I needed it most because I was remaining. And then that, in that morning, I was with God and then it was on my heart and it was just ready for when I needed it. For when my heart would try to take me astray and say, you should be frustrated about stupid things. And so just a side note, also what I took from that is don't let the little things in life frustrate you because so often they're blessings in and of themselves. So that's just side. But so God was ready to meet me with the scripture that was on my heart when I needed it the most. And so this is an example. Your heart will begin to be formed in ways that you really don't even understand when we remain with God, when we're spending time in his word. The word and the scripture that is so life-giving will be ready to meet you when you need it most. When, you're, when you know that you can reflect on the moments that you've experienced, you just be like, man, I was being really stupid like I had with my chicken wings. And, and God will just be ready to meet you. It's like, it's okay. You're in my word, and I know that you have my word on your heart. And so I'm ready to meet you and teach you in those moments. And so when we abide and we abide and we abide and we remain in his presence and we remain in his presence in prayer, in scripture, in worship, when it's not just in the moments of church, in the moments with friends, when it's just a, a, a rhythm of our lives that we put and we build into our life, God's just ready to teach us in so many cool moments. We allow the word of God to move into our hearts, to shape our souls, to call us out of sin and into righteousness and to refine the way we live our lives and to show us the truth. And that doesn't always just happen in moments. It's a commitment. It's saying, Lord, I'm with you for the long run and I'm here and I'm not going anywhere. And Lord, teach me. I'm going to mess up. I need your help and I need you with me. And his presence is there. We just have to step into it. We have to build in habits into our lives. That's the secret place. That's, those are the moments when we sit down and we pray and we have our chair like Brittany talked about or we, we build in every day reading our Bible or we memorize a verse or we do something to keep the presence of God on our hearts at all times so that when we need it, it is there. In Psalm 24, beautiful book as well if you're new to the Bible, uh, Psalms is amazing. In Psalm 24, it says this, and I think this is just so such a life-giving verse. It says, lift up your heads. Lift up your heads, O gates, and be lifted up, O ancient doors, that the king of glory might come in. So I read that, and I just say, man, like, what if that was the, always the posture of my heart? That my ancient doors, which can be so hard sometimes, would just be flung open and say, God, come and meet me when I need you. Come and meet me as part of my daily routine. Open up my ancient doors that can be so that can be so bent to block you out and come and meet me in those moments. Open up those gates and Lord, be here with me. And I've created spaces. Lord, come and meet me because I want my life to be one that is defined by having a rhythm of your presence in my life at all times. The Bible, when every time that you step into the Bible and into God's word, you can be sure that the Bible will collide with where we are and push us towards God. It will rebuke and say, no, you're not doing this right. You need to, need to do this. It will say, you've been doing awesome, good, and faithful servant. Now go encourage someone else to do it as well. And it will meet us where we are. And no matter where we are, it will push us towards God. You can be in the best place. You can be in the worst place of your life. And the Bible will meet you where you are. And it will push you towards God. 
And I use the word collide in there because it's not always pleasant. Sometimes it feels like it's the hardest thing. Like sometimes, like sometimes the will of God can feel like breathing. You know what I mean? Like it just feels like, yeah, it's great. I'm following God's will and I know that I'm, I know that he's in my life and I know that he's here and it's just, I don't even have to think about it. It's just there. And sometimes God's will, and when you're in your prayer life, it can feel like an all out assault on all your hopes and dreams. And so sometimes, sometimes it's just easy and sometimes it collides. And in those moments when we wrestle, we can be shaped. And those are moments to rejoice. And so finally, why is it awesome? Why can we be excited about the Bible? And my point here that I would just say and underline this is Jesus is king. Like Jesus is king. It's final, it's done, there's no debate, it's finished. Jesus is here, he's with us, and he's our king and creator. Like we read about earlier, all scripture is breathed out by God. The creator of the universe is with us. His presence remains at all times. It never leaves us. That you can be sure that when we're abiding in God's word, that we remain in his presence, that God's unrivaled power is on your side. As you go through your days, you can have on your heart God's word, which says that your king that you serve is one worth serving. He's a king of justice and of love and of absolutely transforming lives in radical ways that we cannot even understand. And when we abide in God's word over the long run and say, God, I'm here, transform me. God shows up every single time. And one of the things, like, what would it be like to say in 10 years and, be, and say this? God has been with me and over the last 10 years, God has shaped me every single day I have been and God has met me every single day through every single trouble that I've had over the last 10 years. God has used it to shape me and form me. What would it be like to say that and have that testimony over 10 years ago, God met me once? Now, I'm not saying that's a bit extravagant. I'm not saying that that's everyone's story and I'm not saying that that's your story, but what would it be like to go forth and in three years and three months in in the next chapter of your life, look back on this chapter and be like, yeah, God was with me and he remained with me. And I knew that I was being intentional about remaining in his presence. And it wasn't just a moment that shaped me. It was every single day that God has been with me and shaping me. As you go through your days, you can have on your heart God's word, which says, our king is the king of kings, the saving one, a way maker, creator of the universe, Comforter of the broken, filled with grace for every morning comes, forgiver of sins, former of heart, giver of life calling, our Lord three in one, lover of the broken, mover of the mountains, our high priest. This is who we serve. And my favorite one is crusher of darkness. And I like this one because it's so, it's so countercultural, right? Like, like any horror movie that you've ever watched, think about any horror movie that you've ever watched. The Bible would say that our high priest is powerful, but you know that whenever you're watching a horror movie, when the priest shows up, that movie's not about to be wrapping up. Like, you know that the priest is not doing anything important in these movies to wrap up and to deal with whatever is going on in that horror movie. You know when that priest walks in, that dude's about to get destroyed. Not, not, <laughs> not, not in our Bible. Our God that we serve is a high priest and the giver of callings, all-powerful. And there is no debate when it comes to darkness. God steps in and says one word, and the darkness flees. The darkness begs. Doesn't just say, he doesn't just say, God, we're going to talk about this. No, he's gone. God 
crushes darkness. And this is the Bible. This is the God that we serve that we can remain in at all times because his presence is always here. We serve the crusher of darkness. So we infuse our hearts with God's word and everything can change. It's not always fast. It's not always fast. It doesn't happen always in moments. It can, but it doesn't always. And we remain with God in every season. And God is shaping us in those seasons in ways that we can't even comprehend. And so practically speaking, it's good to have some tools uh, for reading the word. Now, we all have, well, no, I shouldn't say that. Um, (laughs) Bible. A physical Bible is probably a really good way to start. But if you're not a reader, like myself, uh, there's tons of different things that you can get. Audio Bibles, I love audio Bibles. I have a, um, an Amazon Alexa in my room, like an Echo, and it just sits there. And, uh, well, it does. It's kind of creepy. It's always listening for you to say, Alexa, it's kind of weird. Um, so it's in my room, and it's on my nightstand. Because I'm not a reader, I leave my phone outside my room, and as I go to sleep, you can get the Bible app on these little devices, and you can just say, Alexa, play John 15, and it'll read it. And so there's tons of ways with technology these days. You can get an audiobook on your computer, on your phone. There's an app called Dwell um, that I believe is free, and if it's not, it's not a paid advertisement, but I really like the app. There's an app called Dwell, and it's just all about in all the seasons in your lives, in all the moments, you can just have God's Word just over you, and it just reads it. And you can pick different voices. I have uh, uh, Damien who's from an African country, and I love his voice. It's fantastic. I love listening to Damien on my drive to work, on my drive to school, on the bus. Me and Damien are just sitting there, and I just got God's word in my ears. I don't have to read nothing. It's just over me. <laughs> so I'm not, I'm not dogging reading. Reading's good. But if you're not a reader like me, you have no excuse. No excuse. No matter if you, maybe you're not even into audio Bibles. There's still no excuse. You will find something to get the word of God over your life, and eventually... Maybe you're just difficult and you just need to read. Some, that's what I need to tell myself sometimes. Maybe you're just difficult and need to listen. There will always be opportunities and ways to get God into your life. And then the other thing I'd say is routine is important too. You can build in routines into your life to remain in the presence of God, to be always in his word. And routine is important because when it feels like we really don't want to, the routine will often push us into it anyways. So whether or not that's in the morning I'm a morning person, so I like to do in the morning. Maybe it's in the evening. Maybe it's on your lunch break. Work in somehow being in the scriptures and the word that has been breathed out by God so that we can remain daily in God's presence. It's so important. And prayer as well. Work in routines and go to the secret place to work in prayer into our lives so that we're not just defined by moments with God, but we're defined by a life that is always remaining in his presence so as we wrap up this is what i'd say to to finish up god's love for you for all of us it's never ending it's unfailing and through it all he is with us and when the earth gives way when self-motivation doesn't help when the loved one is lost when the relationship is finished When the job is lost, when the diagnosis is given, you're not going to want your heart to be formed inwards. You're going to want your heart to be formed on God's love and to be formed around the Word of God because you can put all your hope there. You can put all your hope in these words and what God has said that He will do. And no one can break in and no thieves can steal it. All your hope can be here. So as we form our hearts around the reality of God's kingdom in the Word, God shapes us 
informs us and molds our hearts closer to him. We don't, we don't always understand how until we need it. It's not always fast, but day through day, week through week, it is absolutely essential that we remain in God's presence. And in the everyday ordinary, when you're going to work, when you're struggling with something, when you're at school, through the everyday ordinary, we remain faithful because God says we can. And he doesn't say, you have to be special to come and meet me. God says, whatever you're having today, whatever you're going through, I'm ready to meet you. My presence is always with you. And so we remain faithful in the everyday ordinary as we pray for the occasional extraordinary. Let's pray. God, you're with us. Your presence is here right now. It'll be here beside us when you go home. God, when we head back to our homes, when we go to school, when we're in the hospital room, when we're in a difficult conversation, Lord, when the world seems to end or when we're doing, we just feel like life is really good, you're with us. And God, that never ceases to be changed. God, you are always with us always, Lord, and we thank you for that presence, Lord. We thank you that you are with us for the long run, that you're with us for our entire lives, and that nothing can shake it. And Lord, when the earth seems to give way around us, and when everything seems to fall apart, Lord, we can remain in you, and our hope is in you, Lord. You love us so much, and all the glory be to you. All of the dedication be to you. Everything, Lord, for your name. So Lord, we pray and we worship in your name, for your name and through your name. And all the people said, amen.